Welcome to the Unabashed Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop RPG. This week, my old Dark Sun group gets together on Skype to talk about that one really long campaign that I keep alluding to in anecdotal references, but never actually expand upon. Well, today I do. Expand on it, that is. With the help of my good friends, Randy, Susan, and Scott, we delve back into those halcyon days, trying to survive underneath the darkest of suns. Enjoy. Unabashed Gaming, episode 33. Wow. First of the, first of the new year, guys. Right. That's exciting. Huzzah. Indeed. And, um, you know, because it's been a long time coming, I suppose, and because we've all been able to come together over the magic of the internet, we're able to talk about uh, that Dark Sun game I keep mentioning. Yes. Yay! Yay! That game. I know. <laughs> it lasted a very long time. Surprisingly, for fourth edition, it did last a very long time. Yeah, perhaps in spite of it. Right, I definitely, <laughs> definitely. I would, I would say that. So yeah, um, anyone not really familiar with the premise of Dark Sun, it is almost a complete subversion of standard uh, Dungeons and Dragons fantasy tropes. Mm-hmm. You're in the uh, you're in the terrible desert lands of Athos. You um, magic is basically evil. Uh, dragons are horrible, horrible. Well, there's actually only one dragon, and he's horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, and everyone, people, people want to be dragons too. It's 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 kind of weird. And then you have the sorcerer kings who are taking over the world, and they have their own little city states, and they're all at war. And everyone is really just trying to survive in this really terrible climate. And um, and halflings are cannibals. Yes. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Yeah, halflings are cannibals. <laughs> I, I think that's really all you really need to know to uh, to like figure things out about uh, about Dark Sun. Halflings are cannibals, and goblins are extinct. Yeah, I mean, it really turns uh, a lot of fantasy genre tropes on their heads. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, which probably is what drew me to the, uh, to the idea of, of playing Dark Sun, of running Dark Sun for people, because it just seemed like so much fun to really, uh, to really just sort of stick it to those, uh, to those Tolkien-esque uh, fantasy tropes. I don't know. How did you guys feel about the uh, about the setting and how it changed things up? I think that's one of the reasons I really like Dark Sun as well. That um, everything's uh, familiar, but still pretty different. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, I mean that that all like the whole thing was much darker. I think because of that mm-hmm. too. Like when you think of the Tolkien world, it's all very happy in the end like <laughs> like it's not but it is mm. you know but like dark sun because it kind of turns some of that stuff upside down the whole tone of it is much more evil mm-hmm. um in a, in a way so that's kind of what i thought mm, definitely and scott yeah i, I mean <clears throat> there's a it's such a wildly different world because uh I mean, some races just don't exist, at least in the same way. I mean, like, I mean, elves are totally different. Halflings are horrible. Sorry. I mean, I always like, you know, like, 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 uh, furious creatures. Sorry. Yes. Uh, Sorry, Susan. Um, Like, really furious creatures. And so it is an inversion, but it also, I think, carves out its own space by being uh, also... It always had this kind of like, I mean, it still felt like fantasy, but like the lack of common magic and some of the, and and some of the hints that it was in like the really far future, potentially, made it seem almost like a kind of sci-fi and obviously like you think of like Frank Herbert, uh, Frank Herbert and Dune a little bit because it's basically one big desert, um, so it, it it it, I feel like it occupies its own space apart from being a kind of dark parody of of D and D, which I think it definitely is too uh, mm. as well. But uh, it manages, yeah, yeah, it, it like manages it's parallel because it's pretty accurate actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like it was it was fun. I mean, because like I mean any 
any D and D campaign can be pretty dark, right? Depending upon it's true how you want to do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, like stuff like Ravenloft. Obviously, it's it's going to be dark, but you know, the traditional fantasy Dungeons and Dragons. You know, even if it's mm-hmm. even if it's dark, even if like people are enslaved, like the you know your heroes, you know, they free the people from enslavement, and everything automatically gets better, yeah, right? In like Dark Sun, if people are enslaved and you free them from enslavement, they go out into the deserts and and die of exposure. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Or, you know, or they suddenly become subject to, like, be absorbed into another city-state because they don't have, like, anyone protecting them. There's, like, there's a reason why they're, in, in like, enslaved. That's right, yeah. I'm, I'm beginning to remember pieces more and, like, remembering... Yeah, like the world is basically dying. Yeah. Like, so there's no saving it. Yeah, it, it was always a it was always a challenge running the game in that you know players being heroic, you have to figure out ways of making like the, the heroic things your players do, you know, turn out well in like the short term, and then just have really terrible consequences afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it it you was. Yeah, it seemed like there was a long line of me saying like congratulations on doing that, guys, but. Something else yes. happens now. Oh, but yeah, you, you did an excellent job at making us feel really bad about what we did. Mm. Right, <laughs> and we did some pretty right. bad things. You, we did some really bad things. You, uh, well, we generally do yeah. anything that we play. It's true. <laughs> if you remember our Iron Kingdoms at all. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it just sort of comes... I think you're right, Randy. It just sort of comes back to that uh, that mindset where in like, the more traditional fantasy settings, even if you do like terrible stuff, you're still like the good guys. Right. But in like, Dark Sun, there's no real good guys. That's, yeah. There's no good guys in Dark Sun. It's just... There's no room for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think because of that, I definitely felt more inclined... To do bad things in Dark Sun, mm. yeah. um, and to sometimes go a little crazy because I mean, the world sucks. Like I mean, yeah. <laughs> like it must be like even if it's a world that you're born into. And I played a Thrykreen, so I was especially adapted to the harshness of the world. Mm. Um, I guess as a weird insect creature, um, it's still like it's an oppressively awful world to live in. Like. And, like, in order to survive, you kind of have to do bad stuff. We started yeah. out as slaves. Like, that was how we got yeah. introduced to the scenario. Mm-hmm. We got attacked by, like, sandworms or something. Oh, yes. Silt, right. uh, silt yeah. horrors. Yeah. Yeah. I had, to, I had to de-level them so much so that you guys would actually <laughs> be able to fight them. Like, yeah. those were, like, a level, like, 12 or 15. And I had to, I had to drop them to, like, a 2. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of maths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. But um yeah, it, it's that is kind of like the traditional, you know, standard Dark Sun story though. I mean, unless you're going for some of the more eclectic type of uh of settings in the uh in the Dark Sun world. I mean, basically a lot of it is focused around, you know, the Colosseum and you know, the city states and the and the sorcerer kings. So it seems like a lot of the uh a lot of the the modules, a lot of the information about Dark Sun kind of really sort of focuses on like the slave trade and the gladiator rings um, and, you know, the mercenarial work that players end up doing. So how did you guys feel about like the progression from like slaves to, you know, mercenaries to whatever the hell you guys ended up being thorns in the sides of the sorcerer Kings? Yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> I'm, 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 I don't know. Um, Heralds of, of a long dead god reborn. Mm. I don't know exactly how to describe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, uh, I, yeah, I thought you managed the tears really naturally. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that we survived as long as we did because there are some Honestly, times yeah. where it seems like we shouldn't. Mm. And I mean, it was interesting because you gave us a kind of a break from. Athos, when we kind of traveled between different worlds and times, mm. it's uh, I forget exactly what happened, but uh, but yeah, we went to this kind of um, um inside of the big tower. Mm. He's got that smug face on now. What what happened? <laughs> what happened is is that I got um I got like nervous and I panicked and all sorts of new supplements came out. 
Oh, really? And I realized that I did, I liked your characters because they hated each other so much. So yeah. I wanted them to. <laughs> I wanted them to keep playing through the various different settings, and mm-hmm. you know, eventually, when we returned to Dark Sun, you guys would uh, either have murdered each other or become the bestest of friends. Mm-hmm. And you guys were just sort of super close to each other, but mostly were missing some, you know, some appendages. appendages. Right. Yeah. And organs. Yeah. You don't need depth perception if you're a mug. Yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> So um, yeah, why don't you? Uh, I mean, Scott already uh, Scott already mentioned that he's a, he played a Thrycreen, but do you guys want to introduce your characters a little bit more uh, more in depth of who you were in the uh, in the games? Sure. So uh, I played Pippa Gamage, a halfling monk, which sounds adorable for any normal D and D campaign, but was uh, horrifying in the Dark Sun campaign. Mm. And because uh, they're already cannibals, and being a monk in fourth edition means that you're like incredibly fast and acrobatic and just kill the crap out of everything. So, like, super homicidal, tiny person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's also hungry was. Uh, was the character I played most mm-hmm. of the time. She's pretty uh, vindictive and vengeful. Um, but through the course of the campaign, actually ended up trying to become a good character, which was quite the challenge. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we go. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I played as... <clears throat> A Detan. Well, his name was Detan. <laughs> what, what was he actually? He was a. Um, he was a changeling, wasn't he? A yes. Changeling. Was um, this race? A Scion, right? Were you a Scion? Yeah. That's right. Something like that. Yeah. And it was, it was actually a really hard character for me to play, uh, because. It was it was I was actually pretty new to role playing games in, in a lot of senses still, so um, so playing a, a character who needed to be more charismatic and more uh, battlefield control type rather than like uh, uh, front line stuff was uh, was a was a definite challenge for me, but uh, um, but he ended up kind of I don't know. Can I, I'll just go in and say he ruined the Feywild. <laughs> yeah, but I sort of made you do it. You, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, sort of. Yeah. I want to, to use some of the game mechanics um, around the, the, what was it? Blighting? Defiling? Defiling. Yeah, yeah. I want to use some of the game mechanics around that, and I ended up not doing it more than once because the first time I did it was actually in the Feywild turning it into essentially the Fey Dark Sun right. <laughs> or working towards that goal yeah um, but yeah so uh, but my character evolved a lot I think over the, the course of it because at the beginning I didn't really know who he was or what he was and as we played it, it sort of came naturally or like with the story in a way, like we built his backstory and then the story almost became around centered around him towards the end. Yeah. Just about. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. He did sort of end up being coming part of the linchpin of the, uh, of the plot, the one of the MacGuffins. (laughs) And then we all died. And then, and, you all, all and then you all died, because yeah. I rolled really well one day. Well, and we were facing a Sorcerer King. It's true. It's true. If we're going to die in Dark Sun, might as well I was also it's kind of rolling fitting. really horribly, and as the, the character that was responsible for dealing damage, for the right. most part, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't roll above a five that day. Mm. Yeah. And it was like critting every other roll, and so we were horribly yeah. doomed. Yeah. I think I think I went down pretty fast in the final fight, didn't I? Oh yeah, I? yeah, I think so. Yeah, as, as the tank, 
And you were you were tanking it up. I was. That's last for so long. I know. Yeah, I, I just got I just got creamed pretty hard. Because mm. um, you can't like you can't really heal yourself very no. well. You, like you have to rely on a healer who then only has a certain number of heals per battle. Yeah. Right. But at that point, we didn't have a healer. Though. We didn't, and we had we had <laughs> not had a healer had for a while. Healer. That's yeah. right, you guys were operating without a healer for a, a goodly portion of time. Yeah. We technically had a healer, we didn't have a healer. Right. Oh, that's right. You had like a, you had a quasi-healer, right? Because uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't Alan there for that? So, I mean, he had some... Yeah. A little healing? Yeah. That's right. Priest. Yeah, Rune, Rune Priest. He was our healer. He and was... then he statted himself out to not heal anybody. Yeah, yeah he was... Yeah. I mean, he was always very reluctant to heal, anyways. I think he um, just he just wasn't well, that kind. A lot of people hating on him I know. because he didn't heal. <laughs> right, it's it's true. It was a vicious cycle, you know. Yeah. Did you? I forget. Did you cut off one of his ears? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Just making sure. Uh, I cut off. I think everybody except Tan's ear. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. You cut off my antenna. <laughs> That's and right. Then you ended up eating it anyway. That's oh, yeah. my favorite part. Like, <laughs> as one of the few things I'll probably remember about this campaign when I'm old and gray, <laughs> I will always remember this like vendetta uh, between me and Scott's characters about his antenna. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, yeah. Because like the antenna was, the antenna is more than just an ear. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a much more serious crippling. Yeah. It, was, it was hilarious. And yeah, I ate it. That's right. And you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I finally gave it back to you and you just ate it. I just ate it. <laughs> Wasn't that after like a like a vaudevillian chase scene in like a desert oasis like settlement? I think something like that. Yes. Like a like a thirty minute chase okay. scene between like the two of you and probably also Veritas. Pivot took a lot of convincing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Oh man, yeah. It's true. So yeah, that kind of uh, that kind of illustrates some of the uh, some of the pitfalls of uh, of having a group of players and and specifically characters working together for more than twenty levels. Yeah, we we were at level nineteen, I think. No, we were at level twenty. Yeah, we were at level twenty. Twenty one is where you got to epic tier. That's right. Okay. I knew it was probably before you yeah. got to Epic Tier. Okay. It's right. We're going to get there if we actually defeated the uh, Sorcerer, Sorcerer King. King. We yes, would have been truly have. epic at that point. You, you, would have, you would have definitely achieved Epic Tier even if you didn't have... Well, I wasn't really going by experience in that game anyway. Yeah, right. It was yeah. it was sort of just benchmarks and... I don't know. I think you guys leveled up pretty consistently. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. I think it was a pretty good pace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was definitely heavily accelerated from standard Dungeons and Dragons, but... You know, you guys had the mechanics down already really well, so other than that, it's, it's really just the natural glut that occurs when you get to high-level 4th edition. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, you guys, uh, let's see, we, um, how did you, um, how did you guys feel about the whole, uh, the concept of the, uh, of usurping the Sorcerer Kings, or even just knocking them down in the, uh, in the name of a, uh, a forgotten god, just sort of, you know, going against completely the concept of Dark Sun? I really liked that whole story arc um, because it provides a, you know, it provided a lot of reason for my character to grow. Right. Because mm. I was the one that was brought back by this god that nobody thought actually existed. Mm. And uh, so it provided a lot of good motivation for me. And then. I think you just did a really great job motivating us towards this plot. It wasn't like you guys should do this. Mm-hmm. It was we already hate these fuckers because we were slaves, right? And uh, and then they just screw us over at every turn. And then <clears throat> you know it just like kept escalating. So I think we just hated them more and more and more as the game went on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we also kept making like huge mistake after mistake that, like, was making the world worse, and we realized the whole thing was really our fault, right. and we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. So. Right, yeah, we, we it, it's, it, it's, it's interesting, because it's, 
when you read about Dark Sun, I think the immediate thing anyone who's used to traditional D&D would say is like, oh yeah, I want a campaign where I fix everything, where I'm like the superhero and I really make everything better. And you gave that to us, Dave. And um, even though it's not necessarily in, in keeping with what Dark Sun's about, but you did make it really challenging and forced us to make tough decisions, which I think was in keeping with the spirit of Dark Sun. Mm. So, like, I mean, it's 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 still subverted, I think, I mean, ideas about really D&D. Yeah, I thought it fit well with the whole Dark Sun campaign setting because it just felt so hopeless. It ultimately all the did. Time. Yeah, right. like we wanted to fix it, but we just had no idea how, and right. it was like at every turn our ideas to fix it failed. Right. Because we're horrible people. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, I I would say that we. You know, we were characters that were trying, <laughs> like, but just didn't have a lot to work with. And certainly... Yeah, it's interesting because I think it, it, like, really illustrated the difference between, like, a classic D&D game and a Dark Sun game. Yeah. Like, our characters all wanted to be good, Yeah. but weren't. We didn't come from a world that had good people in it, so we had no, like... Right. ...way to be good. Exactly. So... It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, and like, when we were bad, even inadvertently, it still felt real and felt mm-hmm. good. Um, and certainly was adding to the flavor, um, even though we knew that it was the wrong wrong thing to do. And, and like... At least respect. Right? Least yeah. Respect. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there are some... There's some actions that I uh, I remember taking. wasn't what wasn't a disquest where eventually one of us it was probably me was just like let's just burn this house down screw it. <laughs> oh, that's right. You guys you yes. guys burnt down and like I, I did agree to that. Partially because that damn like orphan boy yeah. screwed us over and right. we were just like fuck it. None of these people are worth saving. And yeah. We the house to the ground. And, <laughs> and that was even Ath- in Athos. That was in like that was the Verdant Fae or the old Athos, right? That's right. That was when you guys burned down the High, the high Leaf Manor. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> we're just like, screw it. We can't take this. We're going to bring Athos to this world that we're on. <laughs> yeah, you know, we were kind of at a fragile point in our characters. Uh, yeah. Uh, development at that point like we were trying to be good and we were doing a good job at being good and we're like man we are good people right and then <laughs> we like trust somebody in the manner of this little kid that we shouldn't have and it just like broke us we're yeah like, this that's right <laughs> oh man man it's the place like it was if it had come at a different point in the campaign i think we would have behaved much differently yeah, mm-hmm. but you didn't, and it was hilarious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I regretted that forever because Dave kept punishing us for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it was the wrong thing to do, and we yes. did it did it totally willingly. Indeed, and, and that that created so much plot. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, man, there were so many things we did wrong. It's hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, so speaking of subversions, where your players are. Uh, I mean, compared to standard D&D, where your characters are all usually good guys, um, another one of the major differences between Dark Sun and standard D&D is that in Dark Sun, it's really not about acquiring loot so much. Like, there's there's a dearth of magic items, yeah. like, metal is super scarce. Everything's bone or obsidian. So, um, it seems like that it's, you know, it, it, it gives you, uh, like, it doesn't give you any incentive to focus on the munchkinning aspects of, of the game where you're trying to acquire loot. Um, how did that seem to affect you guys in, in terms of balancing roleplay versus, you know, character improvement? Well, I think it was good because you had to find um, ways of improving your character um, in through different avenues. And that, like, it, like had us, I felt like it, it uh, challenged us to be better roleplayers in that sense. Like, um, if you wanted to have more power 
it may not be an upgraded orb for your power source, or if it is, then you have to go on a quest for it because it's not just laying around in a magic shop somewhere. Right. You know, um, you had to know what you wanted and go after it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, here's a bunch of stuff. Ooh, that's cool. <laughs> and I also, I think that's maybe how we tolerated playing fourth edition for so long. Because we didn't have magic items, right. we had powers. Right. So we were really focused and kind of into the whole like powers and making our character exactly the way we wanted through our right. character builds. Like the synergy of, of using one thing and another thing and, and building that to be as powerful as it could be. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's why <clears throat> it took us so long to get to a breaking point with 4th edition. I mean, really, it was a TPK, and we were all like, "All right, I'm really done with this." Yeah, like, like it felt like a good <laughs> ending. A little sad, but like, but we get it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. this is sad, but I get it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because like going to epic tier with all the special powers in Dark Sun didn't really feel right. Mm. Yeah, to be honest. right. Like, it's like, no, like we shouldn't be this powerful and be player characters, be essentially you know new gods. On the face of the planet. That was kind of like the sense I got from our characters, that and and how the powers are are skewed at that level mm-hmm. is that you really are like being God's hand, a God's hand, and then yeah. planning on making yourself into a God. Mm-hmm. My character's paragon thing was like dragon related, and I was planning on going into some like dragon god. Yeah, big tier. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think there are some um, some epic tiers where if you reach high enough, like you explicitly do become a god. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's very uh, it's poetic like and fitting with the dark sun setting that we got killed by a sorcerer king. Yeah. Right. So we're trying to ascend, basically. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, those don't exist in Dark Side. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, well, they do, and, and they are us, the sorcerer right. kings. And, like, yeah, because, like, what if we did kill, it was it was Nibine, right? No, it was, uh, was Tektuktikle. Tektuktikle, okay, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Who just likes to say that? Yeah, Tektuktikle. That's, that's the only reason I remember it, because it's just so much fun to say. Tektuktikle. Like, I mean, if we had killed him, we would have ascended to power, and then, like, it'd be boring. We would just be, like, <laughs> striding around this dead world. Maybe we would bring it back to life, but then then what? It would you have know? basically probably been, become, like, Kingmaker Dark Sun. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. But, I mean, I... I... I, I don't know how 4E works with magic items. I don't think I... I think this is the only... Game that I played as an actual campaign, mm. if I remember correctly. Yeah, we we kind of uh, prematurely ended all the other ones. Yeah. So like, think, yeah, that combo of having magic items and powers is like, it's crazy. It does it make combat even longer than it already is. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. Because. I had two by the end of the campaign, over 20 levels, I had right. two. But we still had a few. Like, yeah. It wasn't like it was completely devoid of magic items. Yeah, yeah. There were some. But again, it was kind of like, here's a thing that I I want, I need, and I'm kind of... To be fair, you got to shop towards the end. <laughs> oh, well, that was... Because I was going to some gladiator thing, wasn't it? Right, you were doing the gods games or whatever. It was. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. I got to pick. I got some like slippers or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Tam's like, I need new slippers tonight. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, I was all movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you had all the flying skills and stuff. Yeah. Oh man. Went invisible and. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I know that made me frustrated a few times. <laughs> oh god, the invisible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, towards the end there. Mm. So that's, that's how I ended up being the last one alive. Yes. Versus the, he like stood in the corner. <laughs> I, I, I stood in the corner, invisible, and I was trying to hit him with what little bit I could, but I didn't have much to hit him with. So 
even though I was surviving, I wasn't, I wasn't taking him out either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't think we were even close to getting him. No, he wasn't even bloodied. No, that's right, right. bloodied. Yeah, bloodied. <laughs> bloodied. Remember that, guys. Oh so, um, speaking of how like the fourth edition mechanics kind of uh, were ex extended by the uh, by the you know the Dark Sun setting and uh, and themes in it. Uh, how do you think it would work for you guys if you uh, if it were ever you know if you ever played it again in like a different system that didn't have the uh, you know the numerous powers and well sort of overpoweredness of you know D and D fourth edition characters because I mean as you guys remember D and D fourth edition like every single statistic or every single attribute could be like your attack and damage attribute yeah, yeah. so it's it's drastically different from just about every other iteration of the game um, where you know a uh, conceivably like a bard can do as much damage as a fighter with his charisma whereas the the fighter is using his strength um so how would you guys uh what would you guys think of um how it would change if you were to play it in like a brp or even like an older dungeons and dragons like a 3.5 where it's just you know strength and dex it'd be much more bleak <laughs> i mean it would escalate as much yeah, right, yeah, because, like... The story wouldn't have evolved in the same way. Yeah. Because it probably would have stayed kind of in a lower class, if you will, for a long, long time. Maybe never actually evolving to the point where we could even think about attacking a Sorcerer King. Yeah. The battles would have been much faster, so we would have presumably died more quickly. Right, yeah, yes. Definitely. <laughs> we would have died a yeah. lot more as... Mm. As the character that managed to rack up two deaths in that game. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I mean, like, I feel like 4E makes, I mean, all the powers you have makes you incredibly special. With, yeah. Like, what, like, within the world. Yeah, it definitely dictates a certain style of game. Right. Um, just by the leveling system. Yeah. You're special, and then you're super special, and then... No, it just keeps going from there, yeah. And you are made for combat. Right. I mean, like, so yeah. much of what you do is yeah. combat-focused. Hmm. There aren't really... I mean, there are a few charisma, or a lot, not like charisma, but like role-playing skills, like skills that affected role-playing, but bit. there weren't a lot. You know, yeah. most of them were about how you survive in combat or deal the most damage in combat or manipulate enemies in combat right you know yeah and like for you if i remember correctly for you gave you a choice like you could have like this utility skill or this this like attack power mm -hmm. or whatever and like you would always go for the attack power you would never like take some sort of like useless utility skill that you might use maybe if you were at least not thief or something but i don't know but like not typically you wanted to kill stuff you wanted to kill stuff faster and harder so right, especially in the setting that we were in like yeah like we were talking yeah. about earlier with no magic weapons we really relied on our powers to do to to hold their weight you know yeah oh yeah that's right so. do you have the do you have the 4e source book oh yeah absolutely i take a look at it okay you can grab it i will so <laughs> indeed um wait why are you grabbing the 4e source book Oh, the dark senses. I just want to re refresh my memory about. They're both there. Some of how like some of the stuff works. Next, a next uh, on the Dungeons and Dragons shelf, yeah. which <laughs> has its own shelf for does. fourth edition because I bought that many books. Mm -hmm. Wait, I already talked about this in my four year rants. In any case, because I got, I just got longer shelves, Dave. You just... <laughs> so now all of my gaming books fit on one shelf. Oh, nice. It's partially for board games. Good times. I'm using my uh, I'm using my tall shelves for board games now. <laughs> but um, so let's see. Uh, gosh, um, do you guys have any points you'd like to uh, you wanted to talk about or bring up? I really enjoyed it. Mm. Honestly, I oh, yeah. loved your Dark Sun game. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, I I, I just like. Um... I feel like it was a really uh, pivotal game for me to be involved in as a role player. Like, it just changed how I approach gaming because because it was such a different world, but also because of the situation that I put myself in with that character that ended up lasting as long as it did. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was there were 
so there was a lot that I think um, was really great about it, but it also caused me a lot of frustration. Mm. Like it was, there were times when I would leave your house and I would just be like mad at myself because I ruined the Feywild or whatever. What the fuck? What do I do now? Oh man. <laughs> I hate myself. I should just kill myself and start over. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, Jatan was a little suicidal. Just a bit. We all were. <laughs> yep. True. Indeed. So, right, like, I'm sorry, just like a quick aside. Oh, yeah. I forget, like, you get to pick one of these, right, when you level. Uh-huh. You get all of them. You pick one. You pick one. Okay, that's, that's what I thought. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, I was just looking at the. Player's Handbook number one, refreshing my memory, and yeah, just yeah. like uh, picking powers was so uh, so nerve wracking. Was it like mm-hmm. Sophie's choice? I mean, yeah, yeah, it was. It was like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like I had no idea this is going to be useful. It seems cool. Like I think I had one power that was like mist walking or something. I could like do like wait, you had ghost step, right? Ghost step. Never use ghost step. <laughs> totally worthless. <laughs> but I picked it. I was like, oh, this looks cool. Like, And I would do that, I think, in, you know, if it was like a feat or something in like 3.5 or something mm. or, or Pathfinder. Because it's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. It would probably be more useful. But like it was never useful Yeah, in like 4 in Dark Sun. So like, I, I don't know. I, I think, just to answer your question, um, I think... Playing Dark Sun, but really more so playing D and D four E in a Dark Sun setting, refined my 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 still rather amateur sensibilities about role playing games. Um, it made me realize what I really don't like mm. <laughs> about some role playing games, like just just like personally, and that is long and tedious combat. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and just in. Uh, I mean, similar to how I, to what I like in video games, which is again just a total personal taste thing. Um, I like being railroaded a little bit, and then trying to think of creative ways inside of that railroading. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in Four E, um, there were just so many different choices; it was just totally overwhelming. Mm. And in Dark Sun, particularly, like I mean, trying to figure out how to survive in that horrific world and picking amongst your powers was totally anxiety inducing and (laughs) like (laughs) so like i i i yeah i I mean similar to randy like i i i i i i I share in that emotional wrenching that uh uh that i think he had too like it was it was it was uh palpable but like I think I, I think a better game system, something like BRP, would be more fun in Dark Sun. Mm. I, I, I actually, I, I think just like something more streamlined that fo- that allows you to f- focus on the world mm-hmm. rather than how your character can totally be a badass in this world. Indeed, yeah. would be more I fun. I think that if we had that much fun with Dark Sun in Fourth Edition. Think what we could do with it in a system we actually enjoy playing it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that actually brings up my next question. Um, we've all, over the past year, specifically I'm looking at the wiki for uh, for Obsidian Portal and our, uh, our Dark Sun game. I updated it, I last updated it three years ago. So in those... In those three years, we've all sort of had a chance to uh, either, you know, increase our abilities as GMs or even just wet our beaks as GMs where, for, you know, Randy and Scott. So if you guys were ever to run Dark Sun, uh, what system would you use and what type of story would you run? <clears throat> I I, I kind of like the idea of doing it in BRP. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like the kind of bare bones aspect of like, that you see in BRP and like you know Call of Cthulhu, which is um, a cousin to it, um, would be really interesting. I, I mean, it would just it would be highly streamlined, very role playing based. Get into the nitty gritty of the world, while still allowing for I think evocative combat. 
Hmm. Indeed. I think. I don't know. Cool. Susan? <laughs> um, that's a toughie, man. I'm... Part of it is that I don't know enough about like what 5th edition D&D is like. I haven't actually gotten to play the final version. Hmm, that's a good point. It could be fun with a, I think in 5th edition, from what I know of it, with a really slow power creep. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you spend a lot of time between levels, it could be fun. Um, BRP is just fun and useful system. Yeah. It's good for just about everything. Um, I'm also tempted to try it in Apocalypse World. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that, that crossed my mind, too. It's already kind of halfway set up there. You have to modify it a little bit to not have guns and vehicles. Yeah. But once you get to that point... Um, I think it could work really well in Apocalypse World. Nice. I was trying to think how it could work in a world of darkness, but I'm not sure. It would require a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, we'll Since it's much more of a modern game. Yeah. Could it happen? Yeah, World of so, Darkness yeah. would be tough. You know, I I would definitely be willing to try it in fifth edition with some caveats. Hmm. And uh Apocalypse World would be fun. Yeah my answer sounds good how about you randy um I, I think if i had to run dark sun i'd probably try to do it in uh, brp um i mean my favorite system so far is actually um uh, probably iron kingdoms but there's just so much work like iron kingdoms is built around that specific setting mm. um, it it would not work yeah <laughs> yeah um, but I think BRP would be good because of a lot of the same reasons that, that Scott was mentioning, you know, focusing on the world and the role playing and the story of it rather than um, rather than this um, building your character to be super powerful. Oh, definitely. Really yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, as for me. Uh, you guys have already uh, seem to have a, no- a monopoly on uh, on BRP, and uh, <laughs> you know while I would agree with you, I think uh, I think my first uh, my first priority for running Dark Sun would probably be in BRP, but I think I might also uh, well along with that when you uh, when you mentioned uh, running it in Iron Kingdoms, it would I was thinking the same thing sort of like it would take a hell of a lot of uh, of adjustments to really make it work well enough in that concept. Yeah. Um, and maybe with the new Unleashed game coming out, it might take fewer adjustments since it's a little more primal. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see, because, like, you could really... I'm thinking you couldn't obvi- you obviously couldn't really use, like, War Machine rules, but, like, maybe right. something from Hordes, maybe something, like, in the Warlock. I don't know if they have, like, Jack Marshals for War Beasts, but, like, that's kind of, like, the rules you would probably have to figure out how to use for it. Um, because, like, Dark Sun is, you know, while it's all about, you know, survival and combat, there's a, still, like, that plethora of, like, really, really strange, really unique, like, monsters that you can definitely yeah. pull for the system. It's just... It would definitely make it a different game. Yeah, you yeah. That, you know, it would be... It would add in a Pokemon element to it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dark Sun Pokemon. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm sure has its own uh, has its own devotees and people who think who hear that and be like, oh my god, that sounds awesome. Like I don't like I was saying it and I'm like, that sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> right. Timbo, I choose you. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Forever feel connection to Timbo. <laughs> Oh man, but I think um, yeah, and our gladiator team name forever. Oh yeah, the terrible tempos. That's right, <laughs> the terrible tempos, right? Yeah, I um, there are some numerous attempts to uh, convert Dark Sun to GURPS, mm. which I've, I bet. 
I've yeah, been searching, and I'm sure none seem to be complete. But that could also be interesting. Yeah, definitely. And definitely, I mean, yeah, GURPS is a good generic system as well. Yeah. It's one that you know it takes a lot of footwork to set up any campaign want to do because you're basically taking the main books and picking out what's relevant to your campaign idea right because you can't just hand the books off and be like here have anything you want mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i mean i'd say if um aside from dark zone or aside from brp which would also take a lot of like footwork in the beginning I mean, honestly, like, if, if, like, I really just wanted to, like, jump into Dark Sun for, like, you know, an afternoon or a few sessions, like, running it in HeroQuest would be super easy because it's, you know, you just assign static numbers to various abilities. Right. Um, but I think if I really wanted to try to have some fun with it, I'd probably maybe try it with uh, with Savage Worlds. Yeah. Um, I could see that working really well. Yeah, because uh, Savage Worlds, uh, like, it would... It has ways of mitigating combat by, you know, creating characters that are, you know, basically essentially mooks who yeah. go down in one hit and, you know, are just sort of there to be like a, uh, a demonstration of exactly how badass, you know, your respective characters are. Right. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of a that's kind of a cool concept for Savage Worlds, which, you know, also offers its abilities for, you know, players to sort of feel like badasses, but not, you know, not usually like too much badass. Yep. Like a, a lot of doom. Yeah, you, you, you know, you never <laughs> really about hero quest, like not about being able to establish that tone in hero quest. And I don't know, we haven't played very much of it, so I can't say for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if you could get that desperate feeling enough with you, hero quest because you're just kind of putting down words. Yeah, exactly. Right. Hero Quest is super heroic, so I'd have to. I mean, even there, I'd probably have to like restrict skills and like give actual you know ideas for characters out and stuff. You might have to either do pregens or yeah. like hand out keywords that you can use for creating your character or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, yeah, Hero Quest is definitely uh, a much more. I mean, pardon the pardon the repetition, but it's it's definitely more of a heroic <laughs> system, where you yeah. know players are expected to do well and like the system is is you know created in order to make sure that if players fail for a certain number of times like they'll eventually start succeeding because the difficulty levels will be so low that it they'll just sort of get auto successes um so it's it's definitely more engendered towards the idea of your players are going to win um but it might be a little hard rather than you know your players are facing insurmountable odds and you know, good dice rolls and good strategizing and good teamwork is what's going to get them through it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of why uh, Hero Quest isn't really on my top priority for uh, for running Dark Sun. Like, yeah. and the fact that it just doesn't have hit points. I really, uh, I mean, for for if I was ever going to run Dark Sun again, I would want a system that used utilized hit points in some format. Right. Because you know that's sort of. Yeah, that's that's exactly like you don't know how, you you don't know if they're dead and like you don't really have like the dire, um, <clears throat> you know, just sort of that dire situation of looking at your character sheet and knowing like, hey, I have like three hit points left, mm. or you know, I have like one tenth of my hit points. It's yeah. you know when you're when you're just looking at status status effects like, oh well, I'm having you know hindered dice rolls in my arms, but I don't think I'm dead yet. I guess okay. Yeah, so there's you know there's that confusion there, which is yeah, which is more heroic than uh, than sort of desperate. So that's one thing I liked about the Dark Sun Four E is the introduction of being bloodied mm. felt yeah. really visceral and appropriate for Dark Sun. Like, I agree. I, mean, I, I really like that mechanic for Dark Sun. Like yeah. you like got, you got hit bloodied and you started panicking. Like right, there was no avoiding. It, it was just a knee-jerk reaction. Right, yeah. I bloody... Holy crap. And there were some abilities that, like, made you stronger or only worked when you or the enemy was bloodied, too. Yeah, yeah or the enemy, like, would become enraged when you were bloodied and even more powerful, right. I think. So, like, like, it felt like a more primal and, you know, violent world. Mm. Just thanks to having bloodied there. Yeah. Right. And all this chat... Mm-hmm. And it somehow made me think that it could be really fun 
to play Dark Sun with sanity mechanics, like Call of oh. Cthulhu. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. I think it would be really appropriate. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely, because... Uh, I think we even joked about that during our campaign. I, I think we did at some point. I think yeah, we did, yeah. Oh, probably. I mean, yeah, because Dark Sun, like... I mean, the way that you survive is by staying in cities. And so, I mean, you're hearing these stories about all the terrible things that live outside, you know, the safety of your walls. So, like, when you see them, obviously, you should probably suffer some sort of sanity loss. Mm -hmm. And seeing the Sorcerer King is a horrifying experience. Oh, yeah. Like a creature that is, like, in the midst of a transformation into being, like, a mythological dragon. Right, yeah. Yeah. So that's... uh, Definitely, I could definitely have some fun running uh, running Dark Sun in a Call of Cthulhu esque uh, esque type. Uh... Maybe just like mix, mix it up with BRP a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah you just, choose a few things and you're ready to go. Just add the sand rolls in, basically use some grit. Yeah. But yeah, I could I could definitely see running like a you know definitely not epic level, maybe just sort of single city investigation style game where you know just terrible things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of the kind of the story of Dark Sun. Terrible things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then more terrible things happen. <laughs> and so many more terrible things happen. Yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Well guys, it has been incredibly fun chatting up uh, with everyone and reminiscing and remembering uh, certain aspects <laughs> that I might have uh, forgotten about our Dark Sun game. Yeah. Does anyone <laughs> uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? No, it kinda of makes me want to play it again. Kind of makes. I know, right? We need to play some more Dark Sun. Oh man, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, well, since I'm coming to visit you guys tomorrow. Woo! I know, right? Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe Lucky. I'll maybe I'll try to bring the uh, the D and D fifth edition starter set, and we can uh, run through like the mines of Philander or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Okay, sounds good. What's your feet in some D and D? We should uh, plan to get Kale out here too. Yeah, we could see if Kale's coming. Ooh, he would drive out for D and D. He should. He should. He would. He better. In any case. Well, once again, this was episode 33 of Unabashed Gaming, talking the uh, the notor- notorious Dark Sun game. Once again, <laughs> my name is David Schimpf. My I'm name Susan is... Stewart. I'm Randy Stewart. My name is Scott White. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks, guys. just as a reminder to our listeners, we here at Unabashed Gaming love to hear from you. Head over to www.unabashedgaming.blogspot.com and leave us a comment. We also have a SpeakPipe link on our blog page. You can leave us a message directly through your computer's microphone or headset. Comments, questions, topic ideas, whatever you want to share with us, all is welcome. We hope to hear from you soon. Thanks.